0: That was, that was pretty sad, so we're, we're, we're gonna try this again, okay? Good morning. Good morning, Dalton! That's a little bit better, it's a little bit better. At least I know you guys are breathing this morning. So for those of you that haven't figured it out yet, I am not Chris. Hopefully the beard gave it away. No, I am not. So for those of you that don't know me, I am Dalton. I am one of the 678 interns here, and I am super excited to be up here this morning. So I'm going to start off with a story this morning. This is a story about somebody in the room. I'm not going to tell you who. Um, but he just found out, he's in sixth grade, going into sixth grade, right before the school year starts, just found out that he made his middle school football team. So he's super excited and he just tells his mom, hey, I'm going to go outside I'm going to throw the football around. Just get, get a little practice in. So what he does is he takes cans, like cans of food, sets them up on a fence and he's going to try and hit the cans. So he throws the first ball, hits it, no problem. Second one, better than the first. Third one, better than the second. Fourth, so we have a problem. He throws it. It's the best throw he's thrown all day, maybe ever. The only problem is there's a window behind where he's throwing. So when he hits the can, the ball keeps going and goes through the window. Um, And his mom told him, don't break anything. She's like, okay, what do I do now? Okay, I'll just go tell my mom, and it'll be fine. So he goes inside and says, hey, mom, you know that thing you told me not to do? It's like, break something? Yeah, well, I kind of just did that. She, not being surprised, ends up forgiving him and says, hey, it's okay. I was expecting you to do something like this. So she forgave him. But how much she loved him and how willing she was to forgive him, it doesn't compare to how much God loves us and how willing he is to forgive us. Which is where we are today. So we're going to talk about a guy named David. So David was king of Israel um, in one of Israel's most prosperous times. He's a really cool guy, called said to be a man after God's own heart. He went from being a shepherd, who which was considered to be a slave job, to end up being king over all of Israel. So David's a pretty cool guy, pretty high up there in power and But he also made some mistakes, which is what we're going to be looking at today. So I'm going to summarize 2 Samuel chapter 11 for us. You can read all about David, by the way, in 1 and 2 Samuel. I encourage you to do that. But I'm going to summarize chapter 11 for us, and we're going to pick up reading in chapter 12. So chapter 11, David is supposed to be out leading Israel's armies at war. But he decided he's going to stay back at the palace. Okay? Already kind of making mistakes here. So he ends up one day just walking around the palace, and uh, he sees this girl named Bathsheba, and she's bathing. And he's like, I want to know more about this girl. So he ends up finding out a little bit more about her, finds out who she is, and ends up bringing her to the palace and ends up sleeping with her. Shortly after, he finds out that she's pregnant. So he's like, okay, how am I going to cover this up? I have an idea. I'll bring Bathsheba's wife, Bathsheba's husband, uh, back from war where he is, and I'll get him to sleep with her and problem solved. So Uriah comes back and David's kind of talking with him, checking on how the war's going, He's trying to you know be friends with him. And, but then he says, okay, now Uriah, I want you to go home, go be with your wife, and I'll send you back to war. Only problem is Uriah doesn't do that. What Uriah does is he stays where the servants of the palace would stay instead of going home to be with his wife. Uriah's like, I'm not going to go and be with my wife while all of my other Friends that are off at war aren't able to be with their wives. So I'm going to stay here. So David finds out and he's like, okay, he's not going to go and be with his wife. I have to come with another plan. So he ends up sending Uriah back to Joab, who's leading the armies instead of David, with a note for Joab that basically puts Uriah at a point in where the fighting is the most dangerous and Uriah ends up dying in combat. So then David takes Bathsheba to be his wife, which is where we pick up and Second Samuel, chapter 12.
1: The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him.
0: Awesome, pass it to somebody else. Nice toss.
1: Now a travel came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. Keep going. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity.
0: Awesome. Pass it to somebody else.
1: (laughs) Yay. Okay. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from this um, hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house to you and your master's wives to you and to your army, arms. I gave you all Israel in Judah, and if all this has been too little, I would ha- have given you even more. Why did you, despite, wait, yeah, despite the world of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes, you struck down Ura in the hill with the sword, sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Amo-
0: Ammonites. very good. Pass it to somebody else. Oh,
1: okay. Did I read too much?
0: <laughs> almost, almost. Careful. <Uh-oh. laughs> uh- Now,
1: therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel.
0: Awesome. Pass it to somebody else.
1: Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground.
0: Awesome, let's give it to one more person.
1: The elders of his household stood beside him to get up from the ground, but he refused and would not eat any of the food with him. Any food with him. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendant... Attendants were afraid, of, afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him the child is dead? How may he do something desperate?
0: Awesome. Thank you. I'll take back. All right. So, first thing I want us to look at is we have forgiveness for our sins every single sin is against God. Let's look at what David did in chapter 11. It's the one I summarized for you guys. Just a couple of the things. First, David sinned against Israel by not going out and leading the armies. David also sinned against Bathsheba when he ended up sleeping with her. David also sinned against Uriah when he had him killed. So these are three separate sins that David did against specific people. But the key is with every single one of these, they're all against God. There's not a single sin that is not against God. Look what David said in verse 13. David says that I have sinned against the Lord. He realizes that, yes, he did sin against these other people, but he also sinned against God. So think about, think about it this way. When you cheat on a test or whenever you lie, whenever you do any kind of sin, you can, you, we often think I sinned against God somebody, whether it be a parent, a friend, a teacher, a brother, or a sister. We always like to insert somebody's name. But the key is every single sin is against God. So back to the story I told you guys at the beginning when I kind of tossed the ball through the window and broke the window. I sinned against my mom, but I also sinned against God. Because he says to obey your mother and father, and I didn't. So I sinned against my mom and God at the same time any sin we commit is against God with that sometimes there might be consequences for our sin Nathan said to David the Lord has forgiven you right that's what Nathan said in verse 13 that's the same way with us yes we are forgiven of our sin like David was he was forgiven of our sin his sin but he still had a consequence for it. Look at verse 13 through 18 again, real quick. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this thing, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. A consequence. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. He would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while he was still living, he wouldn't listen to us. Why then would we, spoke, when we spoke to him, how do we tell him that the child is dead? He may do something desperate. So we see that what Nathan says, he says, the Lord has forgiven you. You are forgiven of your sin, but there's still going to be a consequence for it. That's the same way with us. We are forgiven of our sin, but sometimes we might have to deal with a consequence. Think about it this way. In Luke chapter 23, Jesus is on the cross and he ends up having a conversation with one of the other criminals on the cross. To be on the cross, you have to commit a pretty serious crime so the person next to him had committed a serious crime he was up there on the cross but jesus jesus has a very interesting conversation with him again go look at that full conversation in luke chapter 23 but jesus says this truly i tell you today you will be with me in paradise here's a question was the that guy forgiven yes he was but did he still have a consequence for his sin yeah he still ended up dying on the cross He had that forgiveness, but he still had to deal with the consequence. So with, back to my story that I told you guys at the beginning, the ball went through the window. I sinned. I was forgiven, right? My mom said, you are forgiven. But I still had to deal with the consequence. See, when, I don't know if you guys know this, but when glass breaks, it kind of goes everywhere. And some of that ended up messing up the ball, and I had to work a little bit, a consequence, to be able to buy a new ball. So, yes, I was forgiven, but there's still a consequence. But I want to make this clear it is not like karma. Karma says you do something good, something good's going to happen. Or if you do something bad, something bad's going to happen. That's not how it works. So, let's talk about that first part. If you do something good, something good's going to happen. Here's an example of that not being true. There's a guy who is sharing Jesus with people in China. An awesome thing. He, he took his time, his money, and his efforts to go to China, somewhere he is unfamiliar with, to be able to share Jesus with other people. Would we say that's a good thing? Yeah, absolutely. Because of doing that, he ended up dying. Because he was sharing his faith, he ended up dying. Not a great thing. Just because he was doing the right thing doesn't mean something good was going to happen. Let's look at the reverse of this real quick. Karma says you do something bad, something bad is going to happen. When you cheat on a test, according to karma, you're gonna get a zero. But that doesn't always happen, does it? Sometimes you might get away with it and there's not that attached to it. So yes, sometimes you do something bad, something bad might happen, but that's not necessarily always true. See, one of the consequences of sin, though, is that God cannot be around sin. It's just not in his nature. So let's look at the garden with Adam and Eve. Uh, He ended up sending Adam and Eve out of the garden, a consequence, because of their sin, right? You all remember that in Genesis? Okay, one of us does. Cool. (laughs) Yes, so God sent them out of the garden, a consequence for their sin. So let's talk about this real quick. In, there's forgiveness for sin, but not without the shedding of blood. See, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of different sacrifices that they had to perform. Um, You can read about a lot of these in Leviticus, which I encourage you guys to go do. Um, So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. It's the third book of the Bible. Some of them are really, really crazy. Some are really, really cool. I encourage you guys to kind of go look at some of those. We're going to talk about one really quick in Leviticus chapter 4. It was a burnt offering. So what they ended up doing was they ended up taking a goat, they ended up killing the goat, and ended up burning it overnight. That's how God told them to perform this specific sacrifice. I want you guys to remember this quick thing real quick. The goat, or whatever it was that they ended up sacrificing, had great value. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. So we're obviously not up here on a Sunday performing any sacrifices of animals, right? It'd be kind of weird, right? See, these sacrifices were a reminder to them of God's love and his forgiveness for them. So what is that for us? What is that reminder to us of God's love and his forgiveness? Well, that's Jesus. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. I'll read it for us real quick. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that was not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own sin, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleansing our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. So God's standard for us is perfection. But we can't reach that. Jesus did. Jesus lived that perfect life that we needed to live to be able to have relationship with God, to be able to be in the presence of God, and to be able to be with God. But Jesus did that, but we can't do that. We are not perfect. We fall short every single day. Think about it this way. At least when I was in middle school and high school, I had to have a 70 to pass a class. Is that the same for you guys? No. no? Okay. Well, for me, it was a 70, and a 69 is failing. Well, what God says is you have to have a 100. You have to have that perfect score. Not even a 99.9999 is going to cut it. You have to have that perfect score. But also what God says is one sin, one mistake, one mess up doesn't mean you get a 99.999. It means you get a zero. But what Jesus does is he he got that 100, and he gives each of us that 100 while taking the zero on himself. Yeah, so instead of getting that 100 that he earned and that he deserved, he took our zero that we deserve. On himself. He takes our sin on himself and gives us that 100. He sacrificed his blood to atone for our sins. He was that sacrifice for us, like they had in the Old Testament. So on your paper, I think it's on the back, at the bottom maybe, there is something that says something along the lines of I'm going to sacrifice blank this week. So what, what is the purpose of that? Here's the purpose of that. I want each of us to be able to remember God's love and his forgiveness for us this week. So I want you guys to think of something that's valuable to you, something that's important to you. Maybe it's you spend two hours a day on Fortnite. Maybe it's you spend an hour a day on social media. I don't know what it is for you. I want you to take a second and think of something that's important to you. Now, I want you to set that or part of that aside this week. So if you play two hours of Fortnite a day, whenever you would typically start playing Fortnite, maybe you set aside that first hour and you focus on remembering God's love for us and his forgiveness for us. I don't want you to just leave it there though. I want you to tell one other person, whether it be a friend, a parent, one of your leaders, tell somebody so that one, and make sure you do it, and two, it holds you accountable because they are going to later ask you about it. So that's you guys' challenge for this week, all right? You guys think you can do that? Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we are going to be out of here. Father God, just thank you for the opportunity to be, be, be able to come here today. Um, just thank you for what you're doing. Um, thank you for forgiving us of our sin and continuing to just love us despite our sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to be that sacrifice for us. Um, Just continue to be with us. Continue to teach us what it means to follow you. In Christ's name, amen.